For me, women coming into their wholeness is the whole point. But I know that when they come into their wholeness, what they do in the world is so powerful. And that is a required part of our world. That ripple effect outwards from them is so important right now. Welcome to She Leads First, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are ready to build a brand that will become a revenue generating machine. Hey guys, I'm Emily Sincata, a brand and business strategist with years of experience in both marketing and online product development. Each week, myself and my guests are going to share our own experiences and knowledge with you so that you can figure out exactly what about your brand is going to keep people coming back for more. You'll leave this podcast equipped with the confidence to tackle those big goals that are going to scale the impact of your brand and your bank account. It's time for you to embody that CEO energy and start leading first. After all, you're building more than just a business. You are building a movement. Have you ever thought about the way that men and women from a biological standpoint approach business differently? Well, that is exactly what I'm diving into with my special guest today, who is Dr. Lindsay Martins. Dr. Lindsay is a naturopathic doctor, and she is also founder of the Aligned Woman Coaching, which is what we are going to dive all into in today's episode. She's been working with women in the realms of fertility and hormonal health since 2006. In addition to her naturopathic practice, Lindsay also curates transformative group programs and offers one-on-one deep coaching. Her mission is to guide women on the journey of healing and reconnecting to the wholeness of who they really are. With her real and practical approach, women discover a space to explore all aspects of their lives from the mundane tasks like mopping the kitchen floor to fully embracing their most profound aspirations. Lindsay is such a breath of fresh air when it comes to learning how to leverage your intuition, your cycle, everything that it means to be a woman with a cyclical aspect to her, which every woman has. She teaches us how to use it inside of our business business in a really practical and intuitive way. I know you're going to get so much wisdom out of this episode. I cannot wait for you to get started. So let's go ahead and dive in. Hello, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? Hi, thank you. I'm great. How are you? Oh, I am good. I'm so excited to have this conversation. Womanhood in business is one of those topics where it sounds like it should be like a seminar that you go to, (laughs) but it's so relevant and plays into everything that we do. And especially as you start to go on your journey, which I feel like every woman at this day and age is at least like opened up to it or introduced to the aspect of, hey, you have a cycle and that makes a difference in your energy and your business and the things that you do. It can start to be this really interesting thread that you follow where you're like, oh, this is actually really impactful on me and my energy and everything that I'm doing. So I'm so excited that we're going to have the opportunity to dive into this a little bit deeper together here. First and foremost, I would love for you to just give the sort of high level overview of your background and how you got into this work that you do now. Yeah. So my education is as a naturopathic doctor and I've been in private practice since 2006. And early on in my practice, because of my own personal experience, experience within my family, I really narrowed my focus into fertility care. I knew naturopathic medicine had a lot to offer and was a really powerful support for women who were going through a fertility experience that was not what they thought it would be. And as I grew in my practice, but then also as my kids got older and I was growing into who I was as a woman, I started to really broaden how I was viewing the cycle and the cyclic energy and the aspects of womanhood beyond just the menstrual cycle and fertility, very physiological pieces. And so it's really been an evolution over time, but it has been a part of my work and a part of my practice since very early on. 
Oh, so you've been in this for a long time, studying this and all the impacts of it. And I'm so excited to dive into, like you're even saying, the ripple effects of of the cycle and what it means to be a woman and all the things. We're going to talk about all of it. Don't worry. But let's dive in right there for somebody who's listening who maybe is like, okay, what? I don't really pay attention to my cycle. What is this all about? Can we just hone in there on what is the cyclical nature of our energy and our bodies and what do we need to be paying attention to? For sure. So the cycle is taught, usually I teach it this way. Lots of other people teach it this way. It is taught in a four phase cycle. And many, many women are very familiar with one phase. And then they kind of ignore the fact that they have a cycle for the whole rest of a month or however long their cycle is. But your hormones are shifting and moving and at different levels and adjusting throughout the entirety of a cycle. And we've really been taught or we sort of absorbed along the way that we should be and perform the same way every single day. But for people who are ovulating and bleeding, that is not how their bodies or their energies function. And so when I'm teaching on the cycle, it is very much in that, like, let's really broaden how we're looking at this, knowing that it's impacting you day to day to day, not just when you're bleeding. And so the four phases, the first phase is bleeding. And then we move into what we call the follicular phase. And then we move into ovulation. And then we move into the luteal phase. And then we move into a bleeding phase again. And the other really important part of cycle work like this is to remember that it's a cycle. And so every phase impacts the next phase and every cycle impacts the next cycle. So we're not looking at this in isolation. We're looking at this in its wholeness and how it flows from one phase to the next and one cycle to the next. Yeah, I can tell just like, when I started to track and started to pay attention to where I was, I did start to notice right away that difference in the energy, like you're saying of like, okay, when I'm ovulating, I feel fantastic. I feel like I can do everything. And I try to do everything in my ovulatory phase. But then when it gets around to my luteal phase, like right before the bleed, I'm like, I don't want to talk to anybody. Like I don't want to do anything. I want to just be very inward. And I know we were talking off camera a little bit about this difference between like the inward and outward energy of the cycle versus thinking of like, are you high energy versus low energy? Can you talk to me a little bit about that and how these phases feel for us with our energy? So yeah, one of the ways I really explain it to women is that you don't necessarily go through phases of high energy and low energy. There can certainly be other things that are impacting and there can be times you have low energy, of course. But from just a cyclic nature, it's not so much high and low energy as it is an internal energy versus an external energy. And so when you're at your bleeding, you're at your deepest internal energy, which means if you can really hone in on the things that are for you and nourishing your internal landscape and your internal relationship, you probably have tons of energy to do that kind of stuff. And at ovulation, we are at our peak external energy. And that's where we have a tendency to be very, we're more social, we're higher energy for getting productive things done, like those task lists, those to-do lists, like going through those And we have a tendency to want to be more visible in that phase. So for women who are running businesses, that's the time where they'll find an ease in speaking or an ease in going on camera or taking the pictures or showing their faces like that is when that external expression is really coming through in the ovulation phase. I've never heard anyone describe it that way of like inward versus external. I think that's such a beautiful way to think about it. I think it's a great way to think about it too, because people can get, women can get really hard on themselves for not having enough. That underlying belief is so powerful that when it comes into our cycle and a belief that we don't have enough energy, it's really detrimental. So I was just going to tack in on there, the follicular and the luteal phase. So between between your bleeding to ovulation and then between your ovulation to your next bleed, those phases are at like an ebb and a flow between the internal to external energy. So there's a little bit of a rhythm in there 
where those internal and externals are moving. They're not at full expression yet. So let me ask you this. Why is it during ovulation that like, I feel like I'm hotter, like my face looks slimmer. I like my podcast recordings. I swear we just talked about, you just touched on this, but like, as I was listening, I was thinking my podcasts are always the best when I do them when I'm ovulating. Like when I record them, I'm like, we have the best conversations. I'm on fire. Like I'm getting it all right. What is it about that period specifically that makes it so easy to show up and be external and have that outward energy like you're saying? There's a couple different things I think. I mean, the, the primary one is that your estrogen is at its peak and our estrogen is that like high vitality, like it holds our the water in our bodies, so like our skin is plumper, like things like that are coming into play. And you can search, I think like, Google, like, um, I don't even know, I guess what words you would put in, but there's been women who've taken a picture of their faces every day of their cycle. Yes. And you can see the shift. It absolutely, there is a bit of a shift in there. So physiologically, our estrogen's at its highest. And this is, this is a hormone that really creates this ease within us being able to also feel our energy and our body and our sensuality. And so the second part of why I think it's so different for some women as they're moving through those phases is that at ovulation, there's an ease there. And if there's a discomfort within their own experience of sensuality, being in their body, and or if they have any physical experience of, you know, cramping or breast tenderness or or any pain with their cyclic nature, when they move more into a luteal phase or a bleeding phase, that connection to their sensuality requires them to, I don't want to say put in more work, like that's not quite what I mean, but it's certainly a fostering of that connection that's needed that many women I work with don't quite know how to do. They don't realize they don't do it, that kind of thing. Like, does that make sense? So At ovulation, it just flows. You don't have to overthink it. You don't have to do too much for it. But at other phases of your cycle, you may want to be fostering that connection and we just haven't learned the practices for it. Okay. I'm like, I really want to circle back to what you just started to tap into a little bit more because I'm so fascinated right now at this stage of my life of this concept of being so comfortable and so just at ease in your body with who you are, with the fullness of who you are. And it, it, I know that this is a piece of the work that you do with the women that you work with too. And it absolutely has this indirect, but very direct relationship to how we show up in our business and how we feel comfortable expressing ourselves. So I want to, I want to get into that, but before we, we kind of like uncork that bottle and go into that whole that whole can of worms, because I know it's going to be a good conversation here. I want to just kind of put a, a bow on this idea of our cyclical natures with our business. And for somebody who's listening is like, okay, well, maybe this sounds like a lot of work to now like track my cycle and figure out when I'm going to feel good and when I can show up externally. Like, how do we start to use this? What are some of the broad stroke things that we can do to pay attention to our cycle and use it in our business without feeling like we're adding this extra layer of work on our plate of, okay, well now here's another thing I have to track and do. Yeah. And because it can be really overwhelming like extremely overwhelming. Sometimes it's a lot of information. When people really start diving into this, there's a lot of information for it. The first thing is simply to track. It is to take note every single day. What day of my cycle am I on? How am I feeling? What's my energy feeling like? And to ask those same questions. So ask those in the morning, ask those in the evening, take a look at what did I do today in my business? What felt good today to do in my business? What did I do because it was on my list, but I actually was feeling a pull to do something else? This was something I really had to learn was there would be days where I'd have these like task lists, but I was feeling this creative pull, but I had said I was going to do this task list. (laughs) And just becoming aware of when that creative pull was stronger for me at first, then meant I could start scheduling it going forward. So the first part is the awareness of, and then we can get into scheduling and adjusting as we go forward. Is there a point in our cycle where we are the most creative? This is an interesting one. How I look at this is there are principles 
or foundations in every phase, how it actually comes out and is expressed through individuals can be a little bit different. So the bleeding phase is when we're our most internal connection, like we said, this is where there's often that ease within your own intuition. That is usually a connection within your own intuition is is more present, is stronger. From there, we go into this building phase. And it's in the building phase where a lot of women will find their creativity really starts sparking. So that is your follicular phase. That tends to be when a lot of ideas and sort of putting pen to paper with those ideas starts to come about. At ovulation is when we're in a full expression outward. So those ideas, those things we were building, they come fully outwards, whether that's through content or things that we're putting out into the world, but it's sort of like they've come to the fullness. And then in our luteal phase, it's this clean up kind of energy, this organizational type energy. So it could be a time where you fully express, like you've put something out into the world and offer out into the world. And then as you're going along, you're kind of like tweaking it, you're cleaning it up, you're making sure it's, it's refined in the way you want it to be. This can also look like, like this is when the bulk of my like finance work and my admin tasks and like that kind of stuff gets slotted too, because that feeling of getting everything cleaned up and organized is really high. And then you'll move back into that bleeding phase. So the the point of that luteal phase is that everything gets cleaned up so that you can have a day or two or more to really just be with yourself and hear that inner voice really strongly. Yeah. The like kind of running joke that happens in some of my my communities is like, if you feel like you need to tear your entire business down, just take a look at where you are in your cycle and you're probably just about to bleed. <laughs> just give it a day. <laughs> just give it a day or two. You'll feel better very soon. Totally. Yeah. That luteal phase is so, it's like the premenstrual phase. Just if some people aren't familiar with the word luteal, it is a potent time and there's so much wisdom within that time but so many women have a difficult experience with it. So they want to just kind of like move through it, which I totally understand, but there's a lot of truth coming through in that time, but not things meant to be like, burn it all down, build it back up every cycle, not that kind of thing, but certainly like some nuggets in there of like, oh, this is really important information for you. Ooh, that's really interesting to think about it from that perspective of like, especially if there's a discomfort coming through, pay attention to what it is. I feel like there's so much like wisdom in our bodies that gets pulled forward as well through all of this. The discomfort, the frustration, the anger, the irritability, the tears, that luteal phase in its in its expression, not everything has this massive meaning to it, but there are certainly themes that come through for women that it's like, okay, we need to take a deeper look at what this is showing you about what is misaligned in your life right now. So a question that I have, and I like, I'm thinking back on my journey into starting to pay more attention to this and just trying to leverage my own energy better inside of my business. When I first got started, I had these really rigid rules where I was like, okay, I'm not going to take any client calls the week of my period. Like I just, I'm not going to do any client calls and I'm going to try to only schedule lives and collaborations and things like that during my luteal phase or when I'm ovulating. Now I'm kind of like, that is so much to try to manage, even though I track. And I've settled into more of this. And this is what I would love to hear your thoughts on of like, I can do all of the things at every phase, but it might feel better in certain phases. And so just kind of paying attention to it rather than being rigid. I would love to hear what you think about this in more detail, because I know you even said something to me of like, you can access your energy all cycled long. And so maybe there's a little bit of a misconception there around how to utilize and, and work with these phases. Yeah, the first, you know, kind of blanket generalized statement is you have access to all of it all the time. And so there is certainly an ease and there is certainly a leveraging of energy we can use but it does not have to be rigid. And actually like hard rigidity is going to block that feminine flow. So we want to be very mindful of how we, structure is amazing, but structure is different than hard rigidity around things, right? And so something that's, you know, really 
popular, I think, in the world is the term cycle syncing and this idea that we sync all of our activities, our movement, our nutrition, all of that into this cycle. And I actually find that quite chaotic and overwhelming. And so when I'm working with women, it's let's really build the foundations of whatever it is we're doing. So if it's movement or nutrition or business, it's what's the foundation of what that looks like for you. And then knowing that how you experience that, like let's say a task or an action will feel different in different phases. So a prime example would be something like going live on Instagram. And if somebody has a goal of like, they're going to go live on Instagram every single week, they'll notice that in their bleeding phase, the pull to do that is probably not quite as strong as when it was in their ovulation phase. But if they start to practice ways to cultivate that within themselves, then they know how to cultivate it even in their bleeding phase. Without, I don't want women like overexerting themselves and really pushing through this energy, but it is ways to cultivate it. So an example would be like when you're ovulating, you may just pop the camera on and go live. You don't even think twice about it, right? And when you're in your bleeding phase or close to it, it may be something like you really got to like, you got to turn the music on. You got to light the candle. You got to really sit with yourself and your breath for a second. You got to really like ground into how you want to show up that day. Like there might be a little bit more of that effort to support your energy to do the task at hand, you know? Yeah. Oh, this is such good like advice and insight on this. And I'm just analyzing my own actions as you're talking. I love whenever I talk to an expert, I'm like, ooh, am I doing it right? <laughs> so I'm like paying attention. And I'm like, that is what I've sort of learned to do on my own without realizing that that's what I was doing. But if I exactly like you're saying, if I'm going to try to go live and it's the week of my period, I usually give myself a lot of space around it where like maybe that's the only thing I'm doing that day. That's exertion. Like that's that's absolutely. It. That's it. But that yeah. way, like, it doesn't feel as heavy versus exactly like you're saying, if I were if I were my ovulation phase, I'm like, okay, I can do 10 other things before and after this as well. And I'm going to feel great. It's going to just feel like one thing after the other. So I think this is a really beautiful, like, practical conversation around it. And I had such an aha moment when you said, we have a very masculine way of trying to get and leverage our feminine flow. Oh, my goodness. That could not be more true. We're like, how do I optimize and maximize every single second of like every single cycle and or phase of my cycle? That made me kind of sit back in my chair for a second and be like, oh my God. Yeah, I saw a term the other day, this is kind of a side note, but I saw a term the other day about biohacking your hormones. And I was just like, no. Don't need to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's just not it for me anyways. And the women who work for me, that's not it, right? It's really tuning in because this all, this all flows. And like you said, you are intuitively already doing it because it's already a part of you. Like, I don't teach women things that there is not a part of them they don't, that doesn't already know it. This is always a remembering. This is not a new, like some women will hear this and it will be new. There'll be new words. There'll be new information, but truly there's a part that already knows this. And so when we, when we step into that remembering, we don't have to biohack or <laughs> like really do much, like really, right. It's already there. Oh, it's so true. And it's almost like making peace with your body as well. Like I'm just thinking to my whole my whole journey with all of this. It started with first getting, for me, the journey looked like getting off of hormonal birth control and just tapping back into the rhythm of my cycle, which I'm not saying good or bad to birth control. Everybody needs to make the choice that's best for them. But I remember growing up, like I hated having a period. I hate, I thought it was the worst thing. I thought it was a punishment to be a woman. Like I just always was like, it's so unfair that I was born and I have to have this every single month. Like it sucks. And so then I was on birth control that just suppressed my period for years. And I was like, okay, great. Until it wasn't, things started to go wrong. <laughs> go figure, suppressing a, a vital sign of health in my body. And then coming off of it, 
and really learning, okay, here's what your body is doing for you and here's how your energy works. I love it now. Like I really, I really love it. And I just wish that every woman could have this experience of understanding that, you know, there's such a gift in all of this. If you can just learn to see your body for what it is, instead of comparing it to what you think it should look like based on how men operate, because it's just different. It's just different. Yeah. So shifting the conversation to the one I said we were going to put in the parking lot here, because I'm very excited to talk to you about this. The moment that you said it to me and you were like, there's four aspects. I was like, tell me more. I want to get you on the podcast and I want to talk about this. So circling back, we started to talk about it a little bit with the sensuality aspect, but tell me about the four aspects of the whole woman. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is a framework that I use inside my coaching for the women who are really, really stepping into the wholeness of who they are and really wanting to bring all aspects of who they are into an integration within themselves and then an outward expression from there. So the four aspects that I use, the first one is their nurturing energy. The second one is their power. The third one is their intuition. And the fourth one is their sensuality. Let's dive into these. And if you're listening and you're like, how does this relate to business? This is what we were going back and talking about in the beginning here of like, if you don't understand the fullness of who you are, it's really hard to show up online and portray who you want to be for your business. Like it's that tug of war between like, I don't feel comfortable showing up. It's usually because something is off somewhere in your life, in your aspect, so that you're like, I don't feel comfortable presenting myself. That's the lens I want us to take as we, we listen here and we dive into this conversation because if something's off somewhere, it's going to show up in business. I always say our businesses are one big mirror. So it may sound we're like we're talking a little adjacent to business here, but it's all interconnected. So that's my little disclaimer, but I want to dive into these one by one. So let's start with, I think you said nurturer or nurturing is the first one. Mm-hmm. And this is, I will say to these aspects, I think I kind of already said this, but I really want to be clear. This is all your internal relationship for this energy that you hold within yourself. So we all hold a nurturing energy. Now, for some of us that might come out when I, when I first started this, I was using the word mothering because that was a very powerful word for me to understand this within myself. But I know that that is not the word that lands for everybody, but I think nurturing really covers it. But so when we're talking about these aspects, I will use some other words that kind of activate the energy within someone. So if it's feeling like the word is not quite landing, I want kind of to put that out there that it we're really looking for this energy underneath it, actually. So the nurturing energy, the way I start with women in the work is if you think about your nurturing energy, if you feel the connection to your nurturing energy, what are the thoughts that come up? What are the beliefs that come up around it? For me, one of the big ones around, again, I'll use the word mothering because that was powerful for me around mothering was that it's depleting, that I'm not going to have enough energy, that it's going to take up all my time, that it's going to overtake the things that I want to do. And so with those types of beliefs and that type of mindset, I obviously was not going to put my whole heart into mothering in the way that was really something that would help me grow and express and obviously be good for the people around me. For women in business, this comes through with how they care for their clients, how they serve, how they're giving. It's like that giving outward energy. And a lot of women will hold back in that energy because they're operating from a depleted place. And so the thought of giving and nourishing outwards or inwards can feel like too much to do. Oh, I've, I've definitely felt that before in moments where I'm like, Oof, okay, like it's going to feel like a lot to tap in with my clients today. I need to take care of myself maybe is what's going on in those moments. But I want to ask, is this also related to kind of the other side of that where it feels like you are over giving and like over serving? Absolutely. Yes. So my personal experience was I am again, for mothering, like I'm not an over motherer, but for other women that I work with, they're that over giving side. And we'll see this a lot, a lot with women in service-based businesses where they just give so much of themselves to their clients and their work. 
and it is depleting. (laughs) It is draining for them. And it's like we have the martyr type or people pleaser type within this aspect. And that's not giving in an empowering way. So with the women I work with, we really learn what is your nurturing energy in its grounded wholeness. What does it look like? How does it come outwards? How does it feel in your body when you're doing it from a fully nourished place yourself? And then you can see how that's actually so empowering for anybody who would be on the receiving side of it, as opposed to another kind of feeling that can come up in this aspect is like, I do everything for everyone all the time. And they like, don't do anything for themselves. So if we're, as we're analyzing all of these roles here, just for, as we're listening, if we're noticing like, Ooh, I do that when you're saying like, okay, it could be overgiving or it could be holding back. How should we be thinking about this in terms of getting into alignment with it? Like, are there things that we need to identify of, ooh, here's the problem? How do we start to think about kind of pulling this into a healthy, balanced place for each one of these four? I start with belief work. So I start with like, what do you believe about what it means to be a nurturing human? Immediately, I don't know if things are coming up for you, but for lots of women, like things start coming up about that idea. I started thinking about it when you initially asked that question, and mine were positive. Like, this is one that I felt like very, like, oh, it's wholesome, it's heartwarming, like it feels good, it's taking care of yourself, taking care of others. And then you said the opposite, and I was like, oh, I could see that too. But that wasn't my initial reaction. Yeah. And I do want to say, like, our beliefs around it, there may be some of these that women who are listening are feeling like really good on. They've done a lot of work, like, this is not always a negative. You're not always in a quote unquote bad place with this stuff. Sometimes you're in a really powerful place, but it's, so it's like kind of, it's kind of digging into and asking those internal questions of what does this look like for me and how would I want it to express? How does it feel the best for it to get expressed towards myself and towards others? And then when do I notice that I'm not doing it, quote unquote, that way, like the way that feels the best for me. And that's where you would probably start to notice like, oh, there are times where I kind of give a little bit too much or I kind of do this or that. They may be minimal in the grand scheme of it, but they might still be a little bit present, right? From there, let's say somebody was like me and they had more, quote unquote, negative type beliefs around it or beliefs that felt more depleting. It's then taking those and saying, what's the opposite of that? So if my first statement is, I don't have enough energy for this, like it's exhausting. What does it look like if I say, my nurturing energy gives me more energy? What does that statement mean for me? So be, and you can kind of do that like opposites of all of the types of things that are coming up for you. And it's not because that new statement is the truth. It's just giving you a different perspective to feel into what it feels like for you. So that's nurturing. Let's go on to the next one. Do you want to do sensuality? Sure. So, oh, sensuality is such a, I I made a, a statement in one of my group programs one time about women putting a threshold on the amount of pleasure they'll allow themselves to feel. And it was like, it just sort of like broke open this entire group because it was so... I don't know, it feels really true. Women have a tendency to shut down their experience of pleasurable things at times, not always, but at times. So sensuality is the experience within your physical body. How do you feel in your body? All those five senses, how do you feel with them? Do you notice them? Do you feel disconnected from them? What have you smelled today? What have you tasted today? Our senses are all about putting us into present moment and helping us to like orientate ourselves in the world and for us to experience pleasure, for us to experience things that feel good. And one of the qualities of feminine energy is that when feminine energy is filled up with good feeling, there is good action that comes from there. So this state of like really like really giving yourself the experiences that feel good for you so the the kind of inquiry there is like how does that feel would you feel guilty would you feel shameful would you feel 
open? Would you feel expressive? Like, what are the things that come in when we're even just talking about it, right? Yeah. When I think of this one for me, it's like when I know I get into busy, like over hustle mode, this is the first one where I'm like, it shuts down, where I start to totally disconnect from my senses. And like you're saying, that self or that feeling of presence. I even notice like if I'm on a really busy mode and I, I go on a walk every day, I always notice when, when I'm shutting this down, I'm staring at the ground. I'm not experiencing things. And that's how I always know I'm out of alignment with it because I'm like, you're not paying attention to everything. And what I literally do to what you just started to say is I go through my five senses and I'm like, okay, what's something you smell? What's something that you taste right now? What's something that you see right now? What are you feeling right now? And I, I bring, I try to bring myself back that way. So I'm like, this one resonates with me. <laughs> yeah, this one can be, I mean, they all can be, I guess, but this one can be really loaded. We have a lot of history of being taught to really shut this down to the point where what you're describing, you know, is a common thing for people to say to do. Like if you're feeling anxious, tap into your five senses. Like if you're feeling overwhelmed, tap into your five senses. So it's a common practice to take people from that, from a very kind of disconnected or dysregulated state into present moment, which is amazing. It's a mindfulness practice, right? Yeah. But we can actually take your sensuality and expand from there. So it's not just, oh, I'm I'm kind of off kilter. Let me help with my five senses to bring me back to present moment. Powerful, useful practice. But what happens when we actually take our sensuality and tap into it in a way that leverages our energy, really brings our energy into a bigger place in, instead of just bringing us to like center. Well, absolutely. Because that's all it does for me in the moment is it just kind of pulls me back, but it doesn't feel like you're saying it doesn't feel expanded versus what I'm thinking of that where I do feel that feeling is like when I really let myself have fun with my branding for I'm, I'm relating this to business right now, but in business, like when I make it a 3D experience where I'm like, what's the music I'm going to play? What are the outfits I'm going to pull forward? Like, what are the colors and the imagery? And how am I going to make this fun and like use all my senses and make the business, what's what could be a very masculine, like just follow this launch strategy. Like, how am I going to make this fun and pleasurable? And whenever I do, I'm like, that's when it gets the best results is when I'm like, oh, I'm really enjoying this. I'm really tapping into the pleasure of it all. And I think you're right. A lot of women really do shut this off for various reasons. I could imagine, like you said, it's very layered. It's very layered. There's, and I know I do want to say too, like we're really giving like an overview of these and I, there can be really complex things going on for women to really come back into remembering and reconnecting and reclaiming these parts of themselves. So I don't want to like gloss over that, but just nature of our conversation is more overview here, but it's, it is, it's a lot. It's very layered. There's a lot to go through for some to really, really come into a reclamation around these things. Definitely. Okay, let's go into power. Yeah, power. Power is a fun one for me because I don't know, I think the word power be, is used so much in the world. And for me, for some reason, I <laughs> divine timing of how things move, right? But it took me a long time to really understand for my own self in my own body, in my own being, what does power actually mean? So we'll see lots of people talk about power and they'll give their own expression of power and they'll show you their power, right? Like to kind of, but it sometimes that's not our own power. Yes. Well, what I'm thinking of is there's a lot of conversations in the coaching space in particular around the conversation of personal power. And I'll even notice to what I think you were just starting to get into, into of like a lot of times people will want to be close to a coach that is in their power or at least ex exuding power in some way, shape or form to feel like they have it. But it's almost like you're just borrowing that person's energy while you're in their proximity. Yes. And it is, again, all the work I do is about your own remembering of your own power. So when a woman asks herself, what is my relationship to my own power? What does that word even mean to me? So other words that could come in here would be things like leadership or 
like it, this one's a more visual one for me. Like I see it in my mind. So it's like when you step into a room and you stand tall and you speak your voice, like what does that feel like for you? Is that comfortable or uncomfortable, right? And if it's uncomfortable, there's a relationship with your own power that can be developed here where you can remember how important it is for you to stand tall, right? Mm -hmm. For me, how I relate to this is like a fear of taking up space in certain rooms or in certain situations and really just powerfully speaking what I have to say. Like that can be for me an instance where I notice my relationship to power and like, do I feel comfortable in this or does this make me want to want to contract? Am I kind of thinking about this in the right way? Yeah. Yeah. This is a tough one for a lot of people, especially in their businesses. Yeah, it's a real tough one. I think the women that I imagine you're speaking to and I'm speaking to are building businesses that are are very personal too. They're they're putting a piece of themselves into it and they're very purpose driven, right? And so they're not just I don't even want to say just because I think any business can be this way, but they're not just a business. They're a movement that this woman is creating and that can be quite vulnerable and being able to really stand powerfully within that can be hard. And another thing I want to say here is that there is no right or wrong here. There's simply an awareness of where are you feeling this? Where's your inner relationship with this? And there will be times where my relationship to my power feels very strong, like great. And there will be moments and times where it kind of shifts. And I have to get really curious about what shifted, what's going on. What is the next part of my life, the next season of my life calling forward from me? And how does that shift how I feel with my power? So it's like, there's, there's a shifting around these things too. We don't, figure it out. And then it's perfect from here on in, right? Get curious and ask the question to yourself of like, what's, if I'm feeling a little disconnected from it, like what is going on here? What needs to shift for me to feel back in that place of confidence in my power? Yeah. And I was going to say for women who are growing businesses, who are scaling businesses, who are creating new offers that they've never created, there could certainly be like this dip in their in their experience of their own power as they're building that back in. And so everything that I do, I tell women like, get so curious about it, like play with it. This is fun. (laughs) Sometimes it can be really heavy and hard too, but if we can just be curious and interested in ourselves, (laughs) it can really lighten the load of, of what we're doing. Right. Oh, I love this so much. Let's go into the final one, intuition. I'm excited to hear about this one. So intuition, sort of similarly to sensuality in the cyclic nature, has its point in the cycle where it seems to be a lot more accessible or a lot like closer to the surface is kind of how I view it. The same way sensuality is at ovulation, intuition seems to be closer to the surface in that bleeding type phase. Intuition is something that, again, like these are the reason they're the four aspects. Women have shut these pieces down because we have been told along the way that things should be logical. You should be able to justify them. You should be able to explain why you're doing something. You should be explaining why you feel a certain way or why you think that's how something should happen. And every human has intuition. For women, it is who tend to be a little bit more like feeling state, right? There is a sensitivity within them that brings this inner voice to the surface. Other words I use for intuition are wisdom or inner knowing. And how comfortable are you listening, hearing that inner knowing and taking action on it? without explanation or justification. And there are times like you could justify it, you could explain it, you know why, but the fact that you don't feel like you have to. And it's like this one and like the others, there's layers here and it's 
there's pieces around all of that. So lots of women who say, I hear my inner wisdom, feel very connected to it, but they're not comfortable taking full action on it, or they're not comfortable taking full action on it if they can't justify it to someone else. I think this is a really tough one in business because a lot of times we'll get a ping of like, oh, maybe like you're not supposed to run this offer that you had planned or like, oh, maybe you are supposed to throw something out even though you don't have time to like do a proper launch for it. But it's, it's you just have this feeling, but then you get in your head and you're like, well, if I put it on paper, like it doesn't make the most logical sense when this plan would, or I had this logical plan and now it feels like I'm throwing it away. Just like you're saying, it can be so hard to just trust when you get that that ping, that like strong feeling of like, I'm supposed to be moving here. And I see so many women talk themselves out of it and just like rationalize their way out of what their body really is, is really guiding them to do. Totally. You know what? I see this one actually go to, I mean, probably goes multiple different ways, but in two different kind of ways where one, lots of women will talk themselves out of it. They'll be like, no, this is what I said I'm going to do. So I'm still going to do it. And then we move into this depleted, burnt out kind of state, not loving their businesses anymore kind of state, right? There's that. And then I actually see this, the word intuition or nudge being used as an excuse to ping pong or shift around or like be be inconsistent within their business. And so it's really important within this one to get really grounded in your intuition, like into, and I'm like trying to say it deeper, like deep into your being, because your intuition is, it certainly can shift. Things can certainly be like, I planned it this way, but it's not right. But I can tell you your intuition is not wishy-washy. And so your intuition doesn't jump from here to there and everywhere. What I often see happening is that when someone says, I was going to plan on launching this, I kind of went halfway into a launch and now I'm like going to pull the plug on it because it's not quite feeling right. And I'm feeling into something different. And this is a true intuition. If we look back intuitively, they knew before they even started the launch. And so I really want to be clear on that part of it is that when we get really deep into that intuition, it's not flighty. Absolutely. Oh, I'm glad you clarified that. And I'm like sitting over here grinning because I knew exactly where you were going as soon as you were like, there's another piece to this because I see that all the time too, where we almost like gaslight ourselves and use intuition as the scapegoat of like, but I feel this and now I feel this, but then I feel this where it's like, okay, some of those feelings are not your intuition. <laughs> like Some of those feelings. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Some of those feelings are your doubt. Some of those feelings are your fear. Some of those feelings are your uncertainty, you know, all of that kind of stuff, which are all important to explore, but they're not, you have to get real clear on what is the voice that is running the ship. Mm, I love that you said your intuition isn't wishy-washy. I'm like, that is golden because it's not. It's not, but it does take practice to start to listen to it and tap into it and figure it out. And so it's also like, give yourself some grace along the process too, because it's probably going to be a long process, a lifelong process of learning and getting deeper integrated with it. Absolutely. A thought that I had had, this was a couple years ago. And at the time it just like totally overwhelmed me. And now I've, I've come into better relationship with this thought, but it's, that this is never ending work. <laughs> at the time I was just like, but I want it to end. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> you know, but it's, it really, this is a process. You move through it and you will move through it again and you will move through layers of it again. And so really being gentle, compassionate, curious, playful is, I know we're talking about things that are really, can feel really heavy, but if the more we can bring lightheartedness into it, the more we're going to be able to move through this with an ease that is not always the way me, people would move through, you know? Yeah. Oh, I was about to ask you if you have any closing words for somebody who's just starting to get into all of this, but I feel like what you just said is so beautiful. I'm just, it, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go into it with this curiosity, you know, be light on yourself with it because it is going to be this uncovering lifelong process as like, overwhelming and upsetting that can be to hear sometimes. And I've absolutely been there. At moments. 
in moments, it's overwhelming. Yeah. But it's also the most rewarding work I think that we can do. I think it's the most rewarding work we can do internally. And then for me, women coming into their wholeness is the whole point. That's my work. But I know that when they come into their wholeness, what they do in the world is so powerful. And that is a required part of our world. That ripple effect outwards from them is so important right now. Lindsay, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. This has been such a soul-filling conversation. If anybody watching would love to learn more and come and follow you and get deeper into this work, where's the best place for them to connect with you? Yeah, so best place is probably on Instagram and I believe you'll have links for them. Instagram is like the only social place that I hang out. I don't do any of the others. And I have a website that is not super up to date, but you can certainly send me a message and email through there. And I'm, it's a great way to get an email through to me. And yeah, Instagram and email is where I connect with all my people. (laughs) Fantastic. We will link it all in the show notes. Lindsay, thank you again for being here and sharing all of your wisdom with everyone listening. Thank you. Hey, before you go, I've got two quick things for you. Number one, I want to say thank you so much for being here. It truly means the world to me that you choose to spend your time here listening to these conversations, tuning in with me, soaking up all of this information and everything that we are going through together. I cannot express how much gratitude I have for you for being here on this journey with me. With that said, number two, the second thing I have for you is I want to make sure that since you're here, you have my phone number. Seriously, I have an inner circle daily text list where every single day, Monday through Friday, I send out a positive affirmation or a journal prompt or something I've been thinking about, or even an aha moment that has completely shifted my perspective that I want to share with you too. So you can share in on everything that I am working on to grow and continue evolving and continuing to be the best version of myself. I want to share those things with you. And the best place to do it is through this inner circle daily text list. So if you want to get on this list, if you want to receive these messages from me, and again, yes, it's really me. It's coming straight from my phone. What you need to do is text the word community to my number at 213-606-3853. Again, that's the word community to my number 213-606-3853. 3853. As soon as you send me over that tax, I will send you a message back with the quick details to officially register for this inner circle daily text list. And once you are all registered, we are ready to get to texting. The messages all go straight to my phone. I see all of the replies. I look at them. I send you messages back. So it is such a great way for us to connect and continue to work on our growth together. So go ahead and shoot me that message ASAP so that we can get connected.